How many know that Jesus is in the house today? Amen? Boy, we're so glad for you and to be able to enjoy this presence together. So welcome and Merry Christmas uh, on behalf of the staff and our team at Real Life this year. I guess I'm thinking and, and guessing at this point so far that probably a lot of you have finished your Christmas shopping at this point. And I might be guessing today that some of you are heading out to the mall as soon as this service is over this afternoon. And for those of you that uh, will probably be up all night wrapping gifts, uh, you know that there is just one gift that, uh, that, that as we are finished with wrapping those gifts, that there is still one important piece that has to happen before we put those gifts under the tree. It's still a, an important part, but yet sometimes it's an overlooked part of the gift-giving process, and that is the gift tag. And I want to talk to you for just a moment along that item of that wonderful gift or those presents that are given to us, but there's sometimes a small and overlooked part that helps us to identify just the significance of those gifts that have been given to us. They are known uh, as the gift tag. Now, I have one here today. It's a little bit blown up from what you will probably use on your tree, but you know that uh, as you are finishing wrapping up that you're going to take one of these tags and they all come to us with just two words on them. There is a to and there is a from. And we realize that before we take the significant moment of putting that gift under the tree, that that is the last thing that has to get filled out. See, we usually run into a, a small dilemma at our house every Christmas morning, and that is that after we get all of the trees kind of organized and out from around the tree, we realize that there is one gift in which the tag is missing. And so usually Debbie either does a lot of the gift giving or, or going out and getting gifts for our family, for our kids, and it's usually up, her, up to her to, to wrap all of the gifts and to do all of that. And so when we find a gift that at this point we don't know who it's to or even who it's from, we kind of look to Debbie to kind of help us, like, what is this gift all about? Where does it go? Who is going to be the recipient of this gift? And so sometimes with all of the gifts that might be around the tree, Debbie sometimes has a, a little moment of trying to figure out just who that gift is for. And so sometimes she'll know right away, but other times it's, well, it's for so-and-so, I think, right? And so sometimes we hand off that gift to that individual, but none of us are really kind of just tearing into it. We're kind of opening it up gingerly and almost like paling to look in to realize that, you know what, this gift might not be for me, and I'm going to be opening up somebody else's gift. And it's such a kind of awkward, kind of crazy moment to realize that we're not sure if there is a gift with our name on it. And here's a challenge that I want to take a few moments and share with you tonight. You see, there is a gift for everyone that is here tonight. In fact, there is a gift for everyone in the world. And maybe you haven't opened yours up yet because you're not sure if it belongs to you. You're not sure if there is a label or a tag in which your name has been identified. And so I'm glad that we take these few moments this afternoon to be able to share with you the wonderful Christmas story that provides to you and I all the help that we know that there truly is a gift for every one of us, and it has our name on it. How do you know that you've been gifted? 
How do you know that you say, Pastor, that there is a, a gift that, that has been given for me? Well, there was a wonderful announcement that the prophet Isaiah made to us, and it's read this way. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. You see, there was a presentation of a gift that has been given to every one of us, and it is the gift of Jesus. The Bible declares to us that it has been this heart of God to be able to reach down to our humanity and to present to every one of us this wonderful gift that comes to us from heaven. So let's think about that tag that is labeled with you and, and this idea of this gift that God has come to bring to you. So let's start at the the second part first. Let's consider the idea of where did this gift come from? I think oftentimes when we try to size up a gift, and maybe when we were small or maybe at whatever age, that sometimes we size it up by way of the packaging, right? We kind of understand that, that significant gifts when we were little, right, were they small or were they big? Come on, help me out, right? When you're little, you know that the big gifts, right, when they were wrapped, were probably ones that were the most significant, the ones that you were looking forward to, because big had to be better, right? But then we recognize that the older that we get, that we find the truth that a lot of times in our adult life, it's what? It's the small gifts that sometimes are most significant, that have the ability to take our breath away. And we've probably been to some event, uh, whether at an office party or, or somewhere, maybe to a, a life group or those kind of things, that we begin to size up the package. Now, as I said to you in our house, Debbie, uh, she wraps most of the gifts. And she has glitter and bows and wrapping. And in fact, let me just, Bailey's going to help me out real quick. This is kind of a, a typical gift box for my wife, Right? Now, how many know that that's probably a lot different? Usually when the kids get a gift from me, it's probably in a brown paper bag with maybe duct tape wrapped on it, their name scribbled on it, right? Guys aren't that good at wrapping gifts. But when you get a gift from Debbie, almost every one of them look just like this. And so when we see that gift and we kind of size it up, it would be easier for us to assume, well, if the packaging is so spectacular and so amazing, I can only imagine what's inside. And maybe you've been to one of those gift-giving events and you had thought the very same thing. You chose a gift realizing that the outside looks so special and amazing that I'm sure the gift inside is just as grand. If you've ever played one of those party games, how many of you have been disappointed by that strategy before, right? Because sometimes we can be fooled. They'll wrap the outside so beautifully only to find maybe a, a gag-type gift on the inside. You see, when we think about this gift, about how it came to us, this picture of Jesus as it settles in and we begin to retell his story and his mission here on earth, it's hard for us to imagine how he came to us. In fact, we've spent this entire month at Real Life talking about this special delivery that if it was up to you and I, I'm not sure that I would ever have written the, the script for God to come to us in this little package, this little baby born in a manger. 
And yet, just the ending is just as significant. It's even harder for us to imagine how this gift of God left this earth. We talked about the gift that was received, but then we talked about the gift that was reviled, that Jesus was the gift that nobody wanted. He stood before the leaders of this world while the angry mob and crowd yelled, crucify him. And we recognize, is this truly how the gift of God would be treated by humanity? But as we step into the gift about not only how Jesus came, but why he came, we realize that when we begin to unwrap this gift of God named Jesus, we recognize that each and every one of us, we receive the gift of peace. You see, I don't think it's by accident that we sing Silent Night, Holy Night. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. You see, it was in that moment that Luke records for us in Acts chapter 2 of the angel's great announcement that suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel. And they were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and now on earth. Would you say the word with me, everybody? Come on, say it better than that. And peace. Peace on all those in whom his favor rests. You see, this gift that we have that, that has our name on it, that was given to us, is a gift of peace. It was part of the royal announcements about why Jesus would come, knowing that you and I in our life would need peace. The entire Christmas story is surrounded by this concept of peace. His name shall be Prince of Peace. Friends, I tell you tonight that he not only ushered in peace, but he is peace. Can you say amen with me tonight? And that he still offers peace to every one of us tonight. But that's not the only gift that we recognize. It is also the gift of forgiveness. You see, because man's sin against God came with a penalty, we would have forever been separated from God it would be a chasm too far for any of us to cross. But enter Romans chapter 5. We read these words. But God demonstrated his own love for us. You see, I want you to know that this was not an afterthought. This wasn't rushing to Dollar Tree store and I've got to pick up one more gift. That this expression of this gift to humanity, that this was God's own way of showing us his greatest love this Christmas story, that while we were still yet sinners, still lost, that Christ came to die for us. You see, this was the plan of God. This was the Christmas story to recognize that we would need peace, that we would need a Savior, that we would need our sins forgiven. And before that we could ever go after that, God already came running to us. You know, over the years, a lot of people have questioned that. And they've said to me, Pastor Jim, if God is so loving, then why does he send people to hell? I have at least a hundred answers to that one question. But what I find out 
is that people want to stay stuck on that one question. They don't want to go past to realize that beyond that kind of speed bump that they have placed in their own life, or maybe that moment of defense, that they don't want to hear the answer about how that question is not true. So let me give you a couple of illustrations to maybe help you or for some of you today that still question and miss the point of Christmas with me this morning. Some of you may be aware that this last Tuesday that I was sworn in to be the chaplain of the Erie Police Department. It was an amazing thing. They gave me a badge. You want to see it? <laughs> no, I wrapped it up. I'm opening it up tomorrow. So, <laughs> You know, over the last couple of months, I've been out with the police on multiple ride-alongs and have been with them on all kinds of, all kinds of situations. I was with Anthony one night where there was a gun and... A guy had to get tackled, and a gun fell out of his pocket, and, and, and I mean, it was like the real deal. And there have been other nights, whether for domestic things or car crashes or a little girl down near St. Vincent that was hit by a car in a hit and run, that, that my world kind of opened up in a big way to realize of a lot of the calamity that happens around our city, really, on a, on a daily basis. But of almost every occasion while I've been with the police force is that whenever there's been a disturbance or a struggle, that these police officers, way more time than not, take their time with each one of these situations that they face. They don't really rush in, guns a-blazing, or looking to kind of cuff people up and throw them in the back of the car. They spend a lot of time kind of processing and helping in fact, I hear them say a lot of times is when sometimes the situation is almost dire that they'll say, listen, I don't want to do this. I don't want to take this action. I don't want it to go there. They're trying to reason with the person on the other side of this conflict. They've got a lot of power, authority. They've got a weapon with them that they could just instantly rush in and end the situation, but that's not usually how it happens. There is a process that there are multiple upon multiple upon multiple chances that are given to that individual to say, hey, let's make this bad situation right the best way that we can. How does that make sense for those of us here tonight? If you've had children in your life, I bet that before you bring correction or punishment, oftentimes you will give your child a chance to make it right. In fact, in this day and age which we are living in, we have parents that are giving their kids dozens and dozens of chances to make it right. In fact, if you're wondering uh, about your age, and if you're wondering if you are older than 50 years old in this place today, this is a good marker and indicator. Because when we were growing up, we got one chance before dad came to lower the boom. Somebody say yes. We didn't get multiple and multiple chances. Dad said it, and if there was an action, how many knew? Something was about to go down, right? But we recognize that we are of people that oftentimes, more times than not, continue to extend the opportunity for change, to resolve something that has the potential to go horribly wrong. You see, God knew that sin would separate us. And so he planned this incredible act of forgiveness when he sent Jesus into our world. He could have 
made it some impartial process, some formula, some thing out of the cosmos, but the way to get your attention and mind, the way for our sins to be forgiven is that God sent his one and only son. You see, God's not looking to throw people into hell. God is wanting to invite them into heaven. See, while we were still lost in our sins, God was providing an opportunity for us to know that we could have full life in him. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through our faith, since we recognize I can't do any of this, but Jesus did all of it for me. When we do that, look at the verse on the screen with me. When we believe that, when we understand that God did for us what we could not have done for ourselves, when God did for us before we even needed or realized the hope that we needed from God, that God did that for us. And when we receive that through faith, the Bible says what? We now have peace. We now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, not only do we have this idea that we get peace and we get forgiveness, but Jesus came to promise us life. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, I have come that you not just have life, but that you have life to the full. You see, I know here tonight that I think we can all agree that life is filled with ups and downs. Yes? There have been moments this year that that you thought way back in January, man, this is going to be my year. You started off strong. I mean, just the trajectory of your life was nothing but up. But then came some heartbreak, came some diagnosis, came some loss, some, something at work that, that happened. And you realize that, man, of all of these things that, that, that I thought were going to take place in my life, so many of them crashed and burned around me. I recognize that life is filled with ups and downs. Listen, face it. Some of you are not going to get what you asked for tomorrow. That list that you wrote out, that first thing that you put on the list, there is a great chance that you're not going to get that gift. And some of you are probably going to pout about it all Christmas Day. And I'm talking to you dads out there, all right? Can't believe I didn't get the one thing that I asked for, right? But here's what I want you to hear tonight, friends. You see, God did not give us a protected life. In fact, Jesus said, in this life you will have what? Struggle, tribulation, problems. Jesus never promised you and I a protected life, but he gave to us a promised life. We recognize that rather than going by our list, by our plan, by our purpose, that if we would yield our life to him, yes, there will be ups and downs, but Jesus not only promised that we would have life and have life to the full in this life in which we are living, but God gave to us the promise of being with him forever in heaven. That is the promise of heaven for you and I today. That is God's Christmas blessing to you. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39. It says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what has been promised to you. Can I tell you that God's story is true? Again, just another reason and a fact why God's not looking to throw people to hell. God is looking to invite people 
to heaven. Don't ever think that God doesn't care about you, that, that God wants to end uh, uh, your life. You see, as I understand it, this is why we have gathered tonight, and this is why the whole world will celebrate tomorrow, because the mission of Christ has come so that not we just have life, but that we have life to the full. Not that we only live a promised life here on earth, but one day we are going to have the promise of living in our eternal home with him forever and forever. If you ever doubt that, then stop celebrating Christmas because that's what Christmas assures to us again today, that we can be people of promise, that God loved us so much that while we were still lost, that Jesus came for us, that God so loved the world, God so loved each and every one of us, that he sent his son for you and I. You see, the only thing that is missing on that gift is to identify properly just exactly who it's for. So we realize tonight that on that special gift, gift tag that we have and we know who the gift is from. It's from God. We know that that name has already been written on the gift that has already been reserved, already been set aside for you. And tonight where the gift came from, but we have to be assured in our life tonight just who is this gift too? You know, every year I have people tell me, when I talk to them about this wonderful gift that God has provided for them, for every single one of us, undoubtedly there are people that I have that conversation with each year that say, but pastor, I'm not good enough for that gift. Pastor, I've made too many mistakes in my life, it can't work for me. Some will say, Pastor, I'm broken. What can God do with a broken life? I don't deserve this. You see, here's what I want you to hear tonight. We disqualify ourselves, which is against the gift-giving protocol. Can I explain that to you in the moments that we have? You see, it's not up to the recipient, it's fully in the hands of the giver when that gift has your name on it. You see, when somebody goes and gets you a gift and puts your name on it, it's not up to you to disqualify yourself from the gift giver. Does that make sense? Yes, no, 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 you... You can't do that for me. No, I'm not good enough for that. No, I don't deserve that. No, you can't do that. It's not on your part. It's truly on the part of the gift giver. Maybe if you think to some of the wonderful expressions that you might have received in life. Maybe take just a moment. How many have ever received an extravagant gift? Maybe, ladies, it was a beautiful piece of jewelry, a ring. Maybe it was something that, that was even unexpected, but it was of extreme value and worth. If you have ever received, whether at Christmas time or at some part of your life, that you have received an extravagant gift, so often those of us that are on the receiving end say words like this, oh, you shouldn't have. When we process in our mind, this, this gift is, 
is way too much that, that we begin to think, calculate right away. No, you spend way too much money on this. This is way too expensive. I, I don't deserve this. We've all said those phrases. We've all disqualified ourselves from the object of that individual who wanted to bless us with that extravagant gift. But you see, that never stops the giver. In fact, long before the moment that gift was made known to you, it might have been weeks, it could have even been months, in which they had been thinking about you every single day. While they were saving money, while they were talking to the jeweler about how many diamonds or what frame it's going to come in, you were the object of all of their intense work, looking and waiting in anticipation of that moment when they extend that gift to you. And they are waiting to see your expression when you open up that box, knowing that this extravagant gift is going to blow you away. You see, that's what God was thinking about you and I when he sent the gift of his son. It was an extravagant gift. And for the millennia, he's been thinking about just you. Maybe some of you tonight that have been disqualifying yourself. <laughs> I'm not good enough. There's no way that God even knows me. There's no way that God would give me a gift after all the garbage and all the things that I've done wrong in my life. You see, you and I don't have the opportunity or the right to disqualify the gift giver. That's their prerogative to do with what they have with what they want to do. And God took his very best and he wrapped it up in swaddling clothes and he used the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And some of you that are struggling today to think that you're not good enough, that you're not worth the expense I want you to know today that you don't have the right to tell the gift giver that you're not good enough because he's been preparing this gift for you for some 2,000 years, wanting you to know how much he loves you. He's waiting to see the expression on your face when you realize that all of this was done just for you. You see, that's what God was thinking about when Jesus came, the moment you and I would recognize that the gift, the gift was for me. You see, if I could take that gift tag back out, you see, we recognize and we've learned tonight that it's from God. And who is this gift of Jesus to? Well, it's to me. It's to every single one of us that are in this room, this extravagant, extraordinary gift of God, something that we may feel that we are undeserving of, God has done it all for every single one of us. What a special delivery. What a joy it is to know of God's great love. But let me give you just this last piece tonight. You see how many...
have to receive it. The gift giver can be working for all of those months and all of those preparations and wrap that box so wonderfully and put it under the tree. But until you and I take and receive the gift, it's never truly ours. So as I close tonight, you see Christmas is all about God doing everything for you. Regardless of your past, regardless of your mistakes, regardless of your struggles, God continues to offer not just life, but eternal life to every single one of us. All we have to do is what? We have to receive. Here's how John chapter 1 verse 12 helps us to understand this in Scripture. Yet to all who did receive him. To, everybody see that word? To. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, is given the right to become a child of God. You see, you get the very best of God simply by understanding today that it was Christ who came to take away our sins, that I had nothing to do about it. It was a free and wonderful gift that God wrote my name on the tag, but it only becomes mine when, when I reach out and receive it. You see, friends, let me just challenge you one last time. Don't disqualify yourself because God has already qualified you. God loved you so much that we, every year at this time, tell this same wonderful story that God sent his son for you and I. Because of Christ tonight, all of these things can belong to you. Peace and forgiveness and joy and life and value and worth and ultimately a home in heaven with him. And all of this because of the name of Jesus that we celebrate tonight. You see, these are your gifts. There is a tag tonight that has your name on it. And I want to pray with you tonight that you'll take this opportunity. Don't let another moment go by to recognize all I have to do is to receive this wonderful gift that God has made available in my life. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you for this Christmas Eve night that gives us a wonderful opportunity to celebrate this joy and this story of heaven, of this Christ coming to us. Lord, I thank you for the promise that you have given to us. For some, we recognize that, that, that we had to go through the process maybe multiple times until it finally clicked, that there might be those even in the house tonight that continue to disqualify themselves, to feel that I'm just not worth it, I'm just not, I'm not good enough, and yet to realize that the whole Christmas story is about us realizing that we will never be good enough, and yet God, in his great love for us, went past all of that and still wrapped a wonderful gift and put our name on it. It's ours for the taking. So God, I pray tonight for those that may still be struggling that will even take this moment with me and to recognize that all I have to do is receive Jesus tonight. Church, how wonderfully, how powerfully this Christmas would be for those here tonight that maybe have done it and it's been a while and you've let that fire grow cold in your heart. 
Maybe some of you that have been struggled to say, Pastor Jim, you don't know my story. I, I don't think it might work for everybody else, but listen, it's just not for me. I want you to know it is for you tonight. And I'm just going to ask you with me just to make this prayer of reaching out and receiving this gift. Say, God, I believe what Pastor Jim talked about tonight from your word. I believe tonight that this season that we celebrate, this Christ child, that it's, it's a real event. And the reason why he came was to save me from my sins. And not just, not just save me, but to give me a life of peace and joy. To give me happiness and hope and ultimately the promise of heaven. I recognize tonight I, I don't have to do any of it. God did all of that for me. The only thing I need to do, and maybe if that's you tonight, friend, why don't you just say it with me tonight? Tonight I receive Jesus. Come on, take that moment with me and say, of this great story, you mean Pastor Jim, I'm a part of it. My name is on the tag. Yes, your name is on the tag. That gift is there waiting for you. All you need to do is to reach out and to receive it. Would you do that with me right now? Say simply, Jesus, I receive you. I receive you into my heart. I receive you into my life. You are the gift that God has been waiting to give me my whole life. Can I tell you that God is smiling in heaven tonight? That's why he prepared his son for you and I, for you to unwrap this wonderful gift right now. Don't disqualify yourself. Receive this wonderful gift that God made available to you. Tonight that you'll leave knowing that the name of Jesus that is that name that makes everything a hope and a blessing in your life becomes a reality. That have come today with this wonderful name, this name of Jesus that has come to save us from our sins, the name that forgives, the name that protects, the name that provides, and that name which is everlasting peace in our life. In Jesus' name. 